Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey guys, it's Collie here from a very wet and windy critter shed in Wicklow. Just wanted to give you a heads up about this episode. It's about a wonderful bunch of people from the Wildlife Rescue Centre in Ireland. They are amazing, dedicated. They work for wildlife unselfishly and it is amazing to observe. It's incredible that people would actually do so much and sacrifice so much of their own personal life and their own existence to look after animals. It really made me think about my own contribution to wildlife conservation. And for both me and Colette, it was very humbling to hang around with them and to learn what they do. If you have a chance, please follow them online. You can find them on Wildlife Rescue Ireland or even Google WRI. Follow that link. Follow their social media. Check out what they need. If they ask for anything, please try and help out. They're incredible and an amazing bunch of people. And the work they're doing is superb. They don't just talk about conservation. They don't just tweet about it. They actually physically get in there and get stuck in. And it's just inspiring. So please, please give them any support you can. And I really hope you enjoyed this episode. So, Carly, we're on a road trip. It's been a while. <laughs> it's great to be back on the road. It's great to be out and about and seeing the countryside again. It is indeed. And we're in a place that I personally have wanted to visit for a while. And you actually know people here. I do. I know a couple of lads here who work um, in this special place. They actually helped me with um, Sam the Fox from Trinity when she was sick. They helped me, provided me with the medicine and some advice. So, yeah, it'd be nice to... Uh, See what, what they're up here. And we are in? The Wildlife Rehabilitation Hospital. Yeah. I had to say that very slowly. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm actually going to put my mask on, so if we sound a bit muffled, it's because we're wearing our face masks. So, we're on our way. Lovely, uh, it's kind of muggy out, isn't it? It is, yeah. Lovely uh, mist around. So we're out in north of Dublin, way north of Dublin, in a different county. And um, 
we're coming up to the entrance to the hospital. These guys are always busy, aren't they? Yeah, they seem to be. Well, I mean, they're the only wildlife really rescue place we have in the country. Yeah. So the Wildlife Rehabilitation Hospital is located behind a green door that's set into a fairly nondescript white wall. Okay, it looks like there's somebody coming to the door. And of course, the person who opens the door is somebody Collie knows. Hiya, how are things? How are you? Thanks very much. How are you doing? I'm Roisin. Um, I'm an intern here. But we're actually here to meet Dan. Uh, Dan's not here at the minute. He's just gone to pick up an otter. Oh, pick up an otter. Yeah. Okay, great. So he should be back in a few minutes. So this gives us a chance to have a quick look around and just get a first impression of the place. It's situated in what's essentially an old stable yard. So to our left is the actual yard itself, surrounded on three sides by stables. And for the moment anyway, it seems fairly quiet. I like the, uh, you have a sign on the wall here. It says, a tame animal is a dead animal. Very good. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Wow. That's, a, that's a very fair warning. Yeah, I know. Everyone's warned before they come The place we're standing in right now looks a bit like a makeshift reception area because this is actually the place where members of the public bring in the injured wild animals that they found. And it's also the place where the animal is examined for the first time. So if it's a bird, you're checking its wings, its legs, mammals like hedgehogs. You check it for any cuts, fly strike, that kind of thing. And depending on the condition that the animal is in, it might end up in the intensive care unit, which is just behind us. So that's kind of like our sickest animals stay in there and then kind of stables would be the next step onto the release site. So it's like a little process, step-by-step kind of guide mm. for them all. And as Roisin gets ready to take us on a quick tour of the ICU, Dan arrives. How are you? It's good to see you. It's good to see you. Hi, Hi, Dan. How are, how are you? Hi, Colette. Pleased to meet you. Thanks for coming along. And off we head into the intensive care unit. Now we're heading into ICU, so this is where the sickest of patients are. So we'll, we're just going to dip our feet. Yep. So we're very all about biosecurity here. So no very good. Uh, foot goes in, foot comes out. And we're walking in through the door, the and immediately we get these beautiful smells. Oh, wow. You're right in time for the cleaning if you want to get stuck in. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's brilliant. There's lots of that going on now. So after our animals are triaged, um, they come in to ICU if, if they need it. So um, it's really quite quiet. Our trained volunteers and interns are in here, um, and they're kind of trained to spot how the animals are doing, be able to give medication. And as you might imagine from the sounds that you're hearing, the intensive care unit is quite intense. It's a small room, it's stacked with cages, and it's full of smells and amazing sounds. But there's one unusual whistle. Yeah, it's that one right there. That catches my attention, and I'm really surprised to see the animal that's making it. It's a baby otter, a kit. Oh, we're looking at a little... uh, a cage with a, a little otter club. Beautiful. Yeah, uh, Patrick's just cleaning out his enclosure there, so just pop them into a secure carrier while they're being cleaned. So, uh, this is Bloom. She's only five weeks old. Aww. She's found in a ditch uh, just outside Swords there last week. Um, just ha- that high pitch crying mm. all day, and somebody rang in our helpline, thankfully, and we were able to put it out to our response team and one of our. Um, Members James there, he went out, it was about half ten I think, and he picked it up, um, and here she is now. And was she healthy when she came in, or just uh, Very cold, 
dehydrated, had ticks on and stuff, and clearly been away from the mother for some time. So, um, is she on uh, milk, solids? Uh, yeah, she's on special formula milk, so she's right. getting that um, syringed with a, a special tea on that every four hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow, there it is there. Yeah. Oh, we're looking at the teeth there now, it's very small. That's the beautiful sound of an otter Absolutely. sucking on her bottle. Beautiful. Are you volunteering here long? I'm with the hospital here since it opened in February. Wow. And then I was with Dan back in Kildare when we worked in Kildare oh, wow. Foundation. So on. over two years now. Um, Angela, Angela, Angela Balfe. I'm over two years now a, a volunteer working with the wildlife and it's ah it's fantastic love, love every moment of it. brilliant yeah, yeah. i'd say it's yeah. very rewarding it is, uh, and exhausting yeah. at the same well, time tiring as well but fantastic well, very very rewarding fair play, thank you yeah thank you all of you actually the whole gang are fantastic everybody puts effort and work and attention into the animals and it's fantastic it's a great great teamwork here yeah. absolutely i've never seen the web feet so yeah. close that's yeah. incredible oh that's right yeah, yeah. Look at you now. You're Bottle okay. finished now oh, and... Gone, yeah. Yes, indeed. Oh, God. No more left. So, with each separate mammal species, I'm getting into the technical stuff because it's fascinating for me. Would each sp- a separate species need a different formula or is it standard for them all? Um, is it the same with birds as well with different types of... Yeah, the birds are more... The mammals are probably more easy to kind okay. of... The same formula. So we use uh, Royal Cannon puppy milk actually for these guys. And that's generally used for all our mammals that we get in. Now we would add vitamins and different things to that. But that's kind of the main formula. Um, and then the birds, yes, they're a minefield. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, just you have to be able to make sure you know what you're getting in. Um, sort of insectivores or... So the little cup, the, she's being moved back into her clean cage now. So you see Roshin's using gauntlets there, so we have to be careful nobody's going to get bitten. Um, and then lovely overturned um, dog bed there and uh, heat pads, so it's all very comfy. And, and they have a place to hide as well. Exactly, that's important for them. They need to be able to kind of hide away, away from people. I say welding gloves are the best thing that was ever invented. <laughs> they sure are. I've rescued a few uh, unfriendly snakes in my time and I, I God bless those well <laughs> they give you great confidence they I have do, to say yeah. and they're not very protective sometimes <laughs> but yeah. it gives you that confidence to go ahead is, is there a challenge then to keep this little otter then wild enough so that you'll be able to survive yeah and that's always the worry we have in rehabilitation is keeping these animals wild so we have especially when you have a large team so everybody wants to care for them and look after them and they're so darn cute absolutely um, so we have regular meetings like we have a morning meeting at, at 10 o'clock every day and we just talk about and um, the animals and what we're doing here and stuff and just be sure that these animals are being kept wild you'll see signs up around the hospital as well just to remind people and um, just to be careful and not talk to the animals and, and to cuddle them so it's hard it is hard it is and especially if you're just new to it all and mm. um, i'm used to it now i've seen them all and i know what's to be done but uh, people new to the game you know it's hard to to be able to to keep away but so yeah just Clean, we handle them when we're cleaning them, medicating them or feeding them if they need to be handled and that's it. They don't get any other interaction. They get other enrichments, like you'll see the hedgehogs even have ripped up paper and um, we'll have boxes in sometimes. The corvettes will get you know, insects and other stuff as yeah, well to keep it. them from being bored. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, we even one of our interns. They're kind of we gave everyone a special task. One of them was enrichment, so come up with enrichment ideas, and be able to use them in the hospital, but also be able to share them then with other people. That's great. That's yeah. really really cool. Yeah. Especially with really smart boards like crows and stuff like that, just to give them something to peck at. Yeah. And there's just so many little cages here with tiny birds. It's heartbreaking to think that, and this is probably just a fraction of the animals that are injured in Ireland every year. That's it. We're just taking some of them. But as I said earlier about just all the rebuild areas around the country, so there's like thousands and thousands of animals yeah. being, you know, injured or sick or orphaned in the country. And there's a need. There's a need. That's why people need to be recognised and supported. Yeah. I, I'm seeing something that looks like young pigeons. They look very young now yeah these are um, wood pigeon nestlings that can yeah. in their nest they're so quite late pigeons pi- late uh, chicks if pigeons like to breed all year yeah. round so yeah. we, we will get pigeons in November and December oh really yeah, yeah oh, often yeah. coloured doves actually we'll see a lot of them in the winter but these guys, so they've fallen from the nest somehow and then they've been catted mm. as well so kind of a double you come in with an injured leg from the fall and then have to be on antibiotics for um, scrubs. Yeah. yeah. It's so important that they get the medication quickly because the infection just uh, goes through them really quick. So um, they need to be got to a vet or mm. to a rehabilitator as soon as possible. They're the oddest looking chicks, the, uh, the young pigeons, aren't yeah. they? The squabs. They just look very different to their parents. They're very scruffy looking. We often get called into the helpline. I found a baby owl. I found something else, and then they turn up and it's a pigeon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, if they can't really describe it, we'll always say it must be a pigeon. <laughs> what's that? What's that in there? Is that another? That's squad? another wood pigeon. Oh, squad, that's grand. Yeah. Okay. We do have. We've had a few stock doves actually, so they're very similar. Yeah. Martins. A martin's here. Yeah. Yeah. Are they were they young when they came in? Yeah, we actually got like a surplus of house martins recently. Yeah. At one stage, I think we were getting in like twenty a day. Just the nests wow. were getting knocked really? out. Yeah, it just seemed to be the season for them, the time for them. Uh, the nests were getting knocked down. Um, cat attacks—that's really common for yeah. birds that we get in. Most of them actually are cat attacks, unfortunately. Yes, we've talked long and yeah. hard on the podcast you know about yourself. that. Lock yeah. up your <laughs> lock up your pussies. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so they're nearly ready to go yeah. and still being hand fed but starting to pick around do Martins uh, they go back congreg- to Africa yeah. they congregate in flocks so how yeah. do you organise if these guys are by themselves how do you organise them to integrate into a flock or how does that work so we have to be aware where the flocks are ah. so we'll only release them where there is birds around so we'll be able to put them up and they just integrate straight away straight it's amazing away, yeah. to see yeah. and they're all calling do they really yeah we often will bring let them sit for five or ten minutes so they're kind of communicating with the, the wild ones and, and then let them off and, and there they go and off they go to Africa yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's unbelievable, yeah. I'm just walking over to another place now. <gasps> hedgehog! Yeah. Oh, a little hedgehog. Oh, wow. So tell us about this little guy. So this guy came in. He was weak. So he went to a vet's first and then they sent him to us. So they had him for two days. Gave him a bit of fluids and stuff. He got a little bit brighter. Um, he had cow dung in his spine so they were all stuck together oh. so that needs to be cleaned but as you can see he's much livelier now he's, he's been with us chowing down on some cat food chowing there down on some cat food he's been with us for two weeks and he's been eating well gaining weight which is what you want so we're just keeping on here for another little while 
just to keep a close eye on him and then eventually he'll be moved out to the stables and then he'll be moved outside and then he'll be released back into the wild then what does it feel like when when that release happens oh it's such a lovely feeling i mean you miss them but it's also really great just to see them fly off it's great i can't even describe it it's just amazing incredible there's a little bird flapping around here as well in a very small a sparrow and then we have two buzzards in here so these both came in recently so they're sort of screened off a little bit in their in their enclosures they can get a bit stressed if they can see out so we put up this just to give them a bit more privacy Mm. so they don't get too stressed out in here gosh there's so many smaller animals in in this place the cages are stacked high yeah so this is basically all hedgehogs Oh, yeah. oh wow, that's he's, a big hedgehog. Crikey. So yeah. Ah. yeah, so he yeah, he's on the eye drop, so he would have had a bit of an eye infection. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, my God. so basically most things that are on medication stay in ICU. Yeah. Just to keep a closer eye on them. Yeah. Um so every day they get their meds and stuff. This little um flying kestrel came in yesterday. He's so small, so sweet. He's got a little bandage on his wing, but apart from that he's good and then just goals as well. Mostly we keep the golds in here, um, so that smell is just overwhelming and they just shit everywhere. So I think it's just easier to keep them in one place, clean it all together. Now it's time to move back outside and if we're lucky, we might actually find out why Dan was just a bit late meeting us today. So this is the stable yard, sorry. So there's 13 stables in here, all filled with different animals, otters, foxes, herons, buzzards ducklings, pheasants, a little bit of everything really, pine martens. And in front of us there is a car and from this car is emerging a cage with a otter. So it's a female otter. Her name is Sunny D. We call her D for short. Sunny D is an otter that was rehabilitated here in the hospital. Then she was brought out to a place for a so-called soft release where she can be checked to make sure everything's going okay. And now she's being brought back just for health checkup to make sure that she really is doing okay in the outside world. Is it the cable ties, Dan, you're trying to undo? The side bit is sticking out to these iron things. Oh, okay. So the other, the cage is just out now and everyone's just moving the large cage into a small area of like a small stable where there's more cages inside. There's a big enclosure that's complete. So she will be completely secure in there when she comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can head on it if you want to have a proper view with them. Yeah. Ah, so the cage matches up against the door and then the the thing is lifted and she goes into the space. So, yeah, so what they'll do is they'll bring that cage in even a little bit closer and mm-hmm. you see that silver door at the back there? Yeah. They'll open that a little bit and they'll just release her into it. You don't want to get too handsy with these guys. They're, they will yeah, bite you. Yeah, they will bite you. They've got sharp teeth. Okay, I'm okay. Yeah. So you want to minimise contact as much as possible, literally just get in, get out, and that's it. And there should be food and stuff in there already for her. So she'd be eating between 1.5 to 2 kgs of fish per day. So they eat a lot. Um, so it's not cheap to, to rehabilitate? It's, no, it's actually really expensive to rehabilitate otters. I think you're talking around 2 grand maybe per otter a year minimum. Um, Say that again? 2 grand minimum per oh year to look after an otter. So it's just the amount don't of realize, fish yeah. and it's the vet bills and stuff like yeah. that because obviously we want them checked regularly. Um, we have these guys microchipped as well so we have to sedate them, get the vet in, give a once over and microchip them. So yeah, it costs a lot of money but it's, it's worth it. Of course. Yeah, it, it definitely it is. is. People realise that 
you know, these things aren't done for free. Yeah. So the cage has gone in and they're just going to close the stable door now so that there's no there's no uh, accidents of escape. That's a smooth operation. Yeah. <laughs> well practiced. Oh yeah. <laughs> you gotta be. You gotta plan everything out. How many Wait. animals do you have here right now? At the minute I think we have just under 300. Just under just 300. Just under 300. Oh. So a few weeks ago we acted 400 and something. So it's all kind of started to wind down a little mm. bit, not quite. Summer seemed to have just been peak season. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of releases, so it's been great. But again, it's just a constant <laughs> flow of animals coming in. So you kind of clear out and then it just comes back in again. Yeah. So just seems daunting for me because I'm so used to like spiders, snakes, frogs. Listen, That's if I it. handed you a headshot, you'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, I, got this. I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't do mammals. <laughs> yes, you do. Well, uh, Princess Penelope. Oh, have you? Yeah, that's right. It's Penelope. I have a rabbit. Do you? It's my eternal shame. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually really surprised oh, I'm by in that. I love it. He's moved. He's getting ever closer to mammals. Yeah. Uh, he, he has hens. I've been corrupted by this podcast. Quails. <laughs> she have that big garden now. Yeah. You know. She yeah. Can get all I'm a squire. Lord <laughs> yeah. Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> through passageway we're walking into a large field there's fences there's cows in a further field which I'm assuming don't belong to the uh, no, wildlife hospital and then beyond that I'm seeing a big enclosure is that you so this is our um, this is our first permanent um, enclosure and this ah. is our waterfowl so all oh. our ducks and swans and gulls and all that come up here when they've finished um, their kind of first and second stage of rehab. So this is their kind of pre-release stuff. Um, so they'll get able to fly around in here, as you can see. It's really big. and So it's almost like a, an aviary. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's pretty big. Large. Uh, yeah, exactly. So they can fly around, just act natural. There's nobody up here only twice a day, feeding them in the morning, feeding them in the afternoon. Um, and that's kind of all the interaction they get you know Um, so once they're you know the feathers are fully formed and they're flying around that's time for them to head off then oh I see a heron Uh, Collie will be happy (laughs) two herons in there and we had a couple um, this year we had a little guy that actually came in he was only a nestling could fit in my hand Uh, Rex we called him and um, I don't know how he survived the fall from the tree Ah. and um, he was the youngest uh, heron we ever had and reared him and he went off for release uh, a couple of weeks ago um, there to Loud but funny enough he actually flew back no yeah after two weeks <sighs> um, he flew back to come up on a Sunday morning one of the volunteers and he was sitting up sitting on top of the herons tend to do that as I've, as I've documented my battles with herons trying to get them away from my pond but so, this guy was just a hatchling. Yeah. We don't know how, like, he, he could only fly to the height of, of that uh, Avery. So how he knew this was his home was... Uh, I mean, so he's, he'll, he'll stay here now, I'd say. He stuck around for a week we'll and go. he's gone again. All right, so, that's great. Yeah. 
So I'm seeing ducks, gold, a lot of gold chicks. They're herring gulls, I think, are they? Yeah, herring gulls. There's a few lesser black back gulls yeah. in there as well. Uh, a lot of mallard. Um, we have two tufted duck in there as well. Yeah, wow. That's all these would have gotten injured, bangs of cars, all that kind all of sweet stuff that happens to exactly. our lovely wildlife. Yeah, exactly. And um, the ducklings would have come in around a day old. Their mother would have been killed on the on the road and they come in. And then some of the gulls are actually, we hatched them here. Um, so most of them, we've released 150 wow. juvenile gulls uh, this so summer. So did people hand in eggs or you found eggs? Or? Yeah, so just for health and safety reasons, some eggs are removed from rooftops oh, and that. that's right. Yeah, so we work with um, National Parks on that. So we were, we, I think we had about 100 eggs and I think about 70 of them hatched. That's wow. brilliant. Well, that's a good solution to that issue that people are having yeah with goals in in city centers and stuff like that so yeah instead of crying murder and and demonizing them that's it and if they they be removed from you know fans or if they're blocking up entrances then at least Mm -hmm. the eggs aren't being thrown away and because you know yourself they're they are um getting more and more endangered so it's important these animals go back out so and there was there was some horrible stuff happening with ducklings this year wasn't there yeah, the the TikTok craze. Yeah, tell we, us about that. Yeah, so I can't remember. Was that June? I think it was where um, somebody was selling teenagers um, duck, the hatchling ducklings, and they were going home. You know, city centre everywhere where they and um, we were getting frantic calls from parents and all this that their kids had come home with ducklings and they didn't know what to do with them. They're being sold for a fiver. I saw one guy cycling home ho- holding a duckling in his hand. Yeah, it was crazy. And then all the veterinary clinics were getting them handed in and, you know, ones that were dying and stuff because they didn't even have the proper food for them. So it was absolutely crazy. Um, thankfully, obviously, we're just for um, wild animals. So we took them in initially and then we transferred them to the DSPCA who, who looked after them from there. So that was good. Oh. Very good, but there was quite a number, wasn't there? Yeah, I think we took sixty of them in. Yeah, wow. Yeah. PC ended up with a couple, nearly a hundred or something like really? that. Was crazy yeah. it was. Yeah, really wow. took off. But yeah, there you go. This is amazing. This place is is incredible. So, how does this all come about? So it started with WRI, um, Emma Higgs uh, is the founder and she started it 10 years ago, kind of an organisation that'd be an umbrella over rehabbers and stuff in the country and she put on like uh, training courses and helps set standards and that. So um, I've worked with Emma for a few years now um, helping to go with the, the training courses and then we go into UCD as well and help train vet nurses and, and vets there. So then uh, we just kind of came together last year. You know, it was the numbers during COVID were just huge like when I was in Kildare I just couldn't manage like with the amount of, of animals coming in um, and the hospital was always on the plan but wanted to be a purpose built ready made fully staffed um, but just that the crisis was that um, just said we'd do an emergency interim hospital and here we are in Avon <laughs> And did you have to ask for a land of the sheds or are you renting it out or what yeah, way? So thankfully uh, the McCarthy family kind of were, we looked at lots of different places in, in different counties and stuff, but the McCarthy family came true for us and let us um, use the land. Um, yes. Yeah, so Brilliant. they've been very good to us here. Well done, the McCarthy's, fair play. Yeah, that's, absolutely. that's really generous and what a cool thing to, yeah. to do for yeah. our wildlife, you know. Yeah. Like we've had 1,700 animals come in since mid-February. Good God! Yeah which is crazy and 6,500 calls to our helpline from, wow. from that day as well wow. yeah so it's a huge operation like you know the, the hospital is the centre of it all but yeah. we just like it's like an octopus all these tentacles out there and all these volunteers that do different roles uh, for us you know yeah. and it's fantastic how do you get funding for this? 
it's all all public donations like every other charity just trying to get what we can you know and that you know people have been fantastic we'd look for a shed we needed so when we moved in we had a couple of swans and we'd nowhere outside to put them we had the initial inside phase but nowhere outside safe so we put it up and like somebody bought us a shed i think it was eight or nine hundred euro brand new got it delivered you know it didn't want to be named or anything there's people bought washing machines bought wood bought food you know i even had someone bring my dinner up one day (laughs) you know so it was just everybody came together and made this happen you know so it just was fantastic Dan, it's incredible. So tell us about yourself. Where did you come from? What did you... You're wearing something that looks like veterinary scrubs. Yeah, so I just wear them. I'm the animal manager here at the hospital. But um, my background, really, I just, like everyone, loved of animals when I was younger. And my family encouraged it. And then I started volunteering in the Kildare Animal Foundation when I was um, 17. And used to do weekends there. Did my leaving cert. Was going to go off to do veterinary nursing Um after that but then I decided to take a year out um, and stay at the Animal Foundation and never left never left <laughs> yeah, fair play you know so it was kind of um, obviously domestic animals and then wild animals would come in or I had a particular interest because nobody wanted to deal with them you know it was like you go to a vet and nobody knew how to treat them didn't want to see them and all you'd hear from people was oh, just leave them at the side of the road let Aww. nature take its, it's course caught, and yeah. all so except what what got them there wasn't nature probably exactly it's always uh, humans that get them there you know mm. so it was kind of very slow to start to try and get off then and then 2012 we kind of came together in the animal foundation set up the official kind of wildlife unit there it just took off mm. it just absolutely took off you know and it's wow. just we were getting into the media getting into the papers on the yeah. radios people were starting to listen um, and that's just kind of where we got to today so yeah. 18 years doing it now yeah, yeah. an overnight success story <laughs> yeah it's always the way isn't it people go oh my god this is great you've done this so quickly yeah it's like they don't see the graph that goes in behind all these stories and I think what you had to do in here is just incredible isn't it it's really impressive to see is the contributions and the or the money coming in? Is it hard to get, or are you, you know, are you you going out with buckets in supermarkets? Are you? Yeah, it's hard enough to get. When people were bringing in animals there during the summer, it was great. People would fill out form and they'd give you maybe 20 yeah. or 50 euros. So that was great. The animals are starting to kind of go back now, so we're not having as many okay. people coming to the hospital. So we're and not do you seeing have a, a line or anywhere that people can or a pay PayPal. Anything like that that people can kind of donate and sort. Yeah, we've lots on our website at wi.e. There's uh, we have a GoFundMe, Great. we have our PayPal, we've all the bank details and stuff like that. And um, we'll hopefully launch in our membership as well and um, animal kind of adoptions where people can kind of virtually adopt um, some of the patients here and help them throughout their mm. rehabilitation. That's brilliant. So if you have a few quid, guys, you know where to send it. Wri.ie. Yep. We exactly. put in the we put in this show notes as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. I might actually adopt a heron just to make <laughs> just to balance the, balance out the universe. Reparations. <laughs> Reparations. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh God. And this is only the start. What you see here, like we've we've only here since February, you know. But this is only the start of what we want to achieve, you know. So, where do you want to go? go? Where do you want to see yourself in five years' time? So we want to have a purpose-built uh, wildlife hospital that's fully staffed. You know, there's lots of fantastic rehabilitators around the country that doing this work uh, just and um, just want people to be recognised for their contribution to what they're doing you know they are helping yeah. our wildlife conservation as well and just yeah just for 
ourselves to get the funding but also these smaller rehabilitators around the country to be recognised as a profession and that's why we like to set standards and do protocols and procedures and all that so that um, people will take us more seriously you know and it is a job and it is really important because it's hard graft and a lot of these people would have jobs on the side and still have to rescue bats hedgehogs all sorts of different creatures and the work and the expertise that goes on to it i think what you're just saying there is so important that it is recognized and it is appreciated for for the for the real hair graft it is you know yeah Yeah, there's people working from their own homes you know have a family and have a job as you said um, and then doing this like night and day like Mm. during the summer it's it is 24 7 you're up during the night feeding animals you're up early again starting the whole thing it's just i've been blessed to have so much help here like i've had uh, interns of uh, five at the moment another three to arrive at the weekend coming from the uk but so i've been lucky to be supported by them but many people aren't as lucky you know so so I think there's around 300 animals or so here. So of the 300 animals, do you reckon most of them are here because of human human intervention or human, you know, they've been made sick or been knocked down by humans? Yeah, definitely. Go it's all a human encroachment. And the others then are um, cat attacks. Okay. Um, yeah. Lock up your cats, everyone. Yeah, yeah. We seen we had two weeks during the summer, which was really bad. It was when a lot of baby birds were out, and it was just every bird coming in was cat attacked, mm. and it was just they were having to be put asleep or they died. So, oh, so it was, it was a just a particular hard time that I found. You know, it was just especially with new volunteers and interns that are not would not be used to seeing that and yeah. the, the damage that we could try and prevent you know by keeping our cats locked up and it's not the cat's fault you know no it's not it's absolutely not not we've talked about it at length here and and I've had uh, colourful interactions online with cat owners who love their pets and who also are animal lovers and I'm saying look you know it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive but you should really invest in a cattery or an outdoor run or take your cat for a walk on a leash and maybe people have cats that are too old to bring them around to that but you could definitely uh, insist and when you get a kitten that you you people should keep them in, indoors nowadays it's there's no need for it yeah. it's dangerous for the cat too it is it dangerous is, for yeah. the cat I mean I think I, I really think that somebody needs to start a campaign I'm looking at us here Collie you and me because I, I feel that in Ireland people are really unwilling to have this conversation now in New Zealand in Australia people are very comfortable with having this this um, conversation about keeping cats indoors or in a cattery because of the huge impact that they're having yeah. on the wildlife but we just take it as as very blasé about it I remember I was in the burn a couple of years ago and I saw a cat wandering through the burn and I was horrified thinking of perhaps as ground nesting birds they're sitting ducks pardon the pun like they, they, they don't have the skills the adaptations to evade cats because cats aren't part of this ecosystem and that's what people forget and they have a massive impact on wildlife yeah absolutely and it's just it is time, I think, to just to look mm. at these. You know, we're all trying to do stuff ourselves to help the environment and, and the planet, but we also have to look mm. at our pets and see. Even getting involved in trap, neuter, and release programs, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and do all. They're so important. There's lots of great yeah. domestic rescues mm-hmm. that are doing that, and they should be getting some government yeah. funding so that they're able to do more with that, yeah. and that will help our wildlife. So, where are we going next? Uh, so, we're heading up. These are two um, new Avery's that we've got donated. Um, by Keelings oh, um, so they're actually polytunnels 
Yeah, that's what they look like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're really strong, sturdy, um, and they were, we were really grateful for them for doing that. So, But they're polytunnels that aren't, uh, they have sort of a, a netting instead of the plastic on them. Yeah, exactly. So we've put some um, wire mesh on it there just to keep uh, the birds safe and then some meshing inside. We're going to use one of these for um, a bat flight oh, um, wow. as well, and the other one we're going to use for birds. So, so they're not occupied yet? Are not they? occupied yet. We only got them recently, so... We have to get a, a base done for our bats, so we've kind of started that to, um, to press the... So at the moment we're looking at um, that you have carpet tiles, is that to just to keep the, the, gr- the grass growth down? Yeah, we're just trying to suppress the grass. Inside, yeah. Yeah, inside it, so then we can do a proper base um, on it for... for it's amazing. Bats. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's a good size, isn't it? It's yeah. Great. There's a smaller up here. Um, so again... A couple of people came together to, to build this, and this is for our small birds. So it's a little bit smaller than the polytunnels, and it's more traditional looking that you walk into a passageway, and then uh, on the right hand side, there's doors into the individual enclosures. Oh, wow. So we have a soft release on uh, some blackbirds at the minute, so you'll see we have the door left open on this, and they'll come and go. And What's come soft release mean? So soft release, uh, we use it for um, orphans generally. So they're in here for two weeks. We open the door and it's kind of like their home or their base. So um, if they're flying sorry, sorry, no. if they're flying in and out um, or if they go off and they're struggling for food, they know, oh, I, I need to go back home for food ah. and they'll come and take it. So it's kind of that um, intermediate period where... So like college students. Yeah, I was going to say that exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. So they can come back, and if they're struggling at all, they know where to go, and, and we'll be able to support them till they're fully ready to to be back in the wild. That's there's great. a beautiful female blackbird just fluttering around. So is she coming and going a little She's bit? Coming and going, yeah. This has been open now for two days. So ah. I was up earlier, and she, she wasn't here. So yeah. she's just coming back. For food. And next to her, in the next enclosure, I see something that looks pigeon-like with a beautiful fan tail. Mm-hmm. What is that? The colour doves, colour doves yeah. yeah. Beautiful colour doves, there's four of them. Oh, they're gorgeous. Were they chicks when they came? Yeah, they were only nestlings when they came in, so oh. they were um, fed every four hours uh, by wow. all, the f- all the volunteers here. God. Thankfully, with birds, we don't have to feed them during the night. Right. Uh, yeah, so seven in the morning till ten at night, uh, birds are. Oh. But they're still very, they're, they look like adults, but not quite. They're yeah. just getting there. They're you beautiful. Can see the rings, yeah, the black kind yeah. of um, collar they're, coming they're up. They're very there. attractive looking. We get and a lot of a load of wood pigeons. I've never seen so many wood pigeons in my life. They're daft birds. I saw one getting hit by a truck on the way down here today. Now oh, he was grand, really? he flew away. But it was like a a big explosion. They're wow. crazy birds here. Yeah, they're like exploding pigeons. You'd handle them and, and there's feathers, feathers everywhere, yeah. Yeah. So what's the babies called again? Squabs. Squabs, squabs yeah. yeah. Squeakers as well as some. Squeakers, yeah. 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 So these are some um Juveniles as well. The two on the bottom are, are adult yeah. wood pigeons. So there's four in there, is there? There's four in there, yeah. I, I think wood pigeons, when you see them in their full glory, they're stunning. They absolutely are, yeah. They're just, them eyes are really, you know, they stick out mm. the most on them. Fantastic. And look at that lovely white colour on the, the neck of that pigeon there. And I think we, we disregard them because they're everywhere. You sort of, you know, what you see every day, you, you just think, ah, that's nothing. But they're really stunning when you look at them. They sure are, and they're really important for for the whole ecosystem mm. you know are these guys going to be released eventually as yeah, well yeah these are nearly ready so they come up here when they're just ready we don't need to be kind of keeping a close eye on them so it's like a halfway hotel yeah exactly 
Oh, you went back there, you flew out there, brilliant. Oh, the, the, the blackbird just flew out, oh, fantastic. And we have somebody on the ground here. They're in another enclosure, there's the pigeons. Whoops, sorry about that, guys. So what's on the ground? So we had a pheasant in here. Oh. Um, I think he might be gone, though. We were soft releasing him. Um, I can't see anybody. Oh, we won't disturb gone. him anyway. Probably gone. That's great. That's, that is good news. And they're on the floor there on the ground, we're looking at tins of cat food. And <laughs> It's such a long walk. We generally leave the food up yeah. here in um, containers just so that we're not travelling up. Yeah. And so this is our furthest point well away from the hospital. So like the birds are up here, not near anybody. Um, and they can go fully wild. You guys are amazing to do all this, so it's it's quite the dedication. Oh, it's, look, it's it's hard work. It's not yeah. for every, it's not for everybody. You know, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Yeah. You know? yeah. happening here we're standing here with Dan and we're just going to wind up because we're going to head off because yeah. he's very busy so you were telling us that yeah you have a message about the place yeah it's just we we you know we feel passionate about it we know that there's a great need for this hospital and many more we need one hospital in Ireland won't be enough there needs to be plenty more everywhere um, but so we need need people the government to get behind st projects like this and mm. just support it and make it happen you know we will make this happen it might take a long time um, but we will make it happen we want to make it happen there's so many volunteers involved just too many animals needing this hospital so we will have to make it permanently and you know purpose built and have all the stuff and the veterinary suite and all that there so that these animals when they come here get treated on site and then once they're leaving full you know full healthy back to the wild you know so yeah so we we'll ask for as much help as we can on the podcast and anyone who's listening throw a few quid your way also put some pressure on your, your local councillors mm -hmm. and, and ask them to kind of step up for for not just greenwashing not just showing up with a shovel and planting a tree but for actual active conservation work active care for wildlife which is what you are engaging and what we're all about we're always saying this is the real shit this is the real stuff that needs to be done yeah. and we're, me and Claire are just saying here you are total heroes to us I cannot say uh, how much I've always admired you from afar, but now I admire you even more. And especially the volunteers that work here with you. Yeah. For the time they give up, it's just unbelievably hard work and, yeah. and doing it for free. It's crazy. It's so yeah. good. Yeah, and you can see the hard work. You can see them all just working so hard they could, just for the one purpose. We're all in it together, um, and that's what it's about. And, and it's like, you know, working with everybody. Um, doesn't matter what you do, just working together for the one goal to save these animals and, and keep keep yeah, them out there keep, keep uh, be serious about biodiversity loss and, and and all that stuff that we're always talking about mm -hmm. we need to start taking action on it we need more wildlife hospitals in this country we need this place funded and set up properly so that the uh, people that are volunteering um, and also can continue to do this yeah. work yeah we also need to call out people who are greenwashing crap yeah. and destroying hedgerows and stuff call them out yeah. don't let it go away you uh, like every person has a voice Report it. And yeah, yeah. report it and do your bit. And, uh, you know, if everyone does a little bit, then we can all make it happen. I'm, I, you know, I am totally in, 
the, the power of people, you know. It is, and it's about that, and that's what changes that people. The people made this happen, you know. And there is also just I was talking about hedgerows and stuff. Um, we do have a website, wildlifecrime.ie, um, on that, and there's lots of information about wildlife crimes because again, people don't know what is a wildlife crime exactly. just because somebody did it for for all generations doesn't and thought it was right. okay. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so lots of information on there and how to report it to the to the right people. How about that website again? It's uh, wildlifecrime.ie And the web general website for it's, uh, that? It's wri.ie Perfect. You're an absolute legend and thank you Perfect. so much for having us. It's been an uh, eye-opening and inspiring experience. You're a, a diamond in the rough, man. I swear to God. The Critter Shed is part of the Warren, the home of great Irish podcasts. As is my podcast, Not Without My Sister. You can find more great shows on thewarren.ie. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.